So here we are, um, podcast number two uh, for Brilliant Future podcast, for, and it's Will and Barca, your host. Hey, Will. Hey, Barca. How are you doing? Excellent. Cool. Um, so what are, gonna, what are we going to talk about today? Cool. So I, I suggest that we spoke, speak about um, sort of future-proofing our children. You know, what are the skills... Um, that will um, be be key in an abundant future. Um, specifically, you know, at the moment there's a lot of uh, talk around AI and and what what that'll mean for for sort of the future of the job market. Um, you know, there's talk of you know automated um, you know um, transactions, so the, the no need for sort of bank tellers, uh, shop tellers and even sort of drivers, uh, truck drivers and taxi drivers. So it got me thinking, um, you know, because obviously I've got two children, like what are the skills um, and that I need to kind of install in them and, and also, yeah, just, just to kind of have a blueprint. So that, that's kind of where, where, where this came from. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that um, that's, a, that's a good, good question, good topic to discuss. Um, I think that this is one of the reasons why I, you know, even though I'm in a STEM field, um, I and I have opportunities to work with um, girls in STEM, you know, especially coding and programming, but I don't focus on it because there's one, there's enough people doing it, um, so I don't feel like, um, you know, um, I'm I'm not contributing in some way. Uh, but two, because I think that um, if we focus too much on today, teaching people today's technology, then that's just teaching people today's technology. I think that it's more important to teach kids how to learn than mm. what to learn. And I yes. think that that's why my focus when I work with kids has been more on entrepreneurship and creativity because... Uh, you know, if we teach kids how to solve problems, not, you know, a specific problem and how to solve that one problem. Um, yes. I think it's a better use of my time and their time. What do you think? Mm. Yeah, I think that, I think there's more, there's more solutions to the problem. I think, um, you know, if you think of our current sort of education system, it was kind of designed in the industrial sort of revolution where, you know, it was convenient to have your children at school. And I think out of any sort of industry, sort of education is one of the most, um, yeah, if you went in the time machine back 100 years, you know, the schools would look exactly the same, where there was uh, one teacher in front of a class, um, although nowadays it would probably be like a iPads instead of a piece of paper um, or a chalkboard and, or, you know, um, and a computer. So I think for me, it really is about um, exactly that. It's a case of there's no right or wrong answer. It's a case of, you know, having an opinion or having a solution which makes sense to you. And I think it touches on um, the first point for me, you know, there's kind of the four C's they speak about. And Yuval, um, the author of Sapiens, speaks about these skills. Um, and, and the first C being that of critical thinking. So it's a case of... Um, you know, how can you, how can you think? <laughs> so I think that's, that's, that's for me, what, what, what this means. Um, yeah, that's, it, it's, it's interesting. I just, um, I'm, I'm, I'm in the middle of reading uh, a book by, um, I believe, uh, Tim Dinsmore. And he's, he's made a couple of movies on, uh, on schooling. And I'm, I'm very interested in education. Yeah. 
But one of the things that he points, uh, uh, points to is that um, one of the teacher instituted uh, a, a, a think, uh, think tank hour uh, for their yeah. kids, uh, where uh, what they would do is if, if any questions came up during, during the teaching time that were kind of off the wall, they would say, okay, add it to the think, think tank. And then yeah. that hour, they would actually discuss. Um, so for instance, an example of the question was, um, um, you know, uh, why can't we use, um, why can't we use, um, uh, and I'm going to forget this, but I think it was, uh, why can't we use, um, um, you know, our, our phones to calculate certain things in the classroom or whatever. And they would put it in a think tank. Yeah. So um, I think another teacher, try to institute that and um, yeah and then you know one of the things that uh, that happened right after they instituted us was the number of Google searches of what should I be thinking went up which is a very sad, yeah. sorry, <laughs> sorry state uh, if you think about yes. it we've, we've, we've made our kids so sort of spoon-fed that they have to Google yes. what to think about so that's that's kind yeah of, that's a sad state of affairs yeah well yeah exactly I, I think it's it's just um you know the tools are have are different um you know i i've i've heard that you know google's no longer very um a key sort of search engine for sort of the younger generations um it really is is youtube and and i i actually um experienced that tonight um you know i'm sitting here in cape town and it's it's uh just off past eight o'clock at night and just put my boy to sleep. And, uh, you know, he had his iPad and he was, uh, using, you know, um, the, the YouTube kid app where he was, uh, he can't, he's, he's seven and, and he can, he can spell on that, but you know, he was, he was pushing the microphone and saying, um, you know, um, <laughs> you know, Lego Jurassic world, you know, and, and up popped, you know, the, his videos for Jurassic. <laughs> so, so although I don't use the kind of the, the, the voice activated search function here, right. here it was a real case use of it. So I think that the tools have changed. So, um, and I've heard, um, you know, it, it's a case of having open book tests, you know, when we were at varsity, um, you know, and I think it's, it's just the case of, you know, I would be in, in a position to say, listen, um, it's more about measuring the output, you know, and, and I've, I've heard of how, you know, informa information, the information age has allowed, you know, at the, at the click of a button, you know, access to the world's information. Right. And I think it really, as opposed to in, in our year, years, it was really about, you know, if you, if you could afford the sort of Encyclopedia Britannica um, or a subscription to National Geographic, yeah, and then you would kind of, you know, patiently like try and find the, the sort of content for, for a project or whatever it might be. Right. These days now it's a case of, um, you know, watching three YouTube videos and, and you'd probably be, you know, um, in the 20 percentile of, of the knowledge in that particular field. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, I think it really is, um, you know, how, how you, you know, how you can use those tools and interpret it and, and, and yeah, present it. I think uh, that's going to be the key, I think, is, is about the sort of social skills and the communication skills and the empathetic kind of skills around, um, you know, how do you can convey your message across. Right, right. Yeah, so this is, um, this is the, this is the thing, right? You know, p 
there are people who are concerned about, you know, um, kids going to university today, learning to become professionals in fields that may or may not exist uh, 10 yes. years from now. Um, yeah. so, so how do we, how do we, as you say, future-proof our kids? And I think mm. what you're saying is exactly right, is, um, you know, teach them, teach them not so much specific um, ways to solve things, but just mm. learn how to solve anything, you know? Yeah. So. And I think it, it's quite, I think the challenge that us parents have is that we want to make it easy for our kids. You know, we want, we want to spoon feed them. We want to sort of, sort of uh, wrap them in cotton wool. But, but, but I think the, the biggest lessons we have, and, and I've kind of been going for probably about 18 years as an entrepreneur, is, is a case of you learn your best lessons when you actually fail. You know, right. so it really is how do you engineer like failure, you know, for your kids so right. that they can actually learn. And uh, I think it goes completely against the grain of what is in your sort of DNA to, you know, protect and, you know, ensure that they are sort of um, get all the sort of love. And, and I think, you know, it, it is a kind of a kind of a future, you know, it's a future sort of investment in your children, but at the same time in the moment, it feels very foreign to kind of, to be, to almost be, um, you know, kind of tripping them up. Right. Right. Um, so, so you and I both, um, listened to this talk by, um, Kai-Fu Lee, uh, who's considered by many, one of the leading experts in AI and, um, uh, and, and, you know, he didn't seem very concerned about um, the job-killing aspect of AI. Um, even yes. though, you know, there's a lot of alarm out there in the industry. There's a lot of people talking about, you know, maybe universal basic income or things like that. Mm. Uh, but, I, I, you know, one of the, uh, in another talk that I heard, and I cannot remember who it was from, uh, they said that I think for the next foreseeable future, while we have AI and robotics take jobs, um, and it will happen, like you said, autonomous cars, you know, maybe we won't need to hire truck drivers, but I don't know about you, uh, you know, hopefully not a large percentage of the population is not trying to raise kids to be truck drivers. <laughs> so yes, not yeah. to say that there's yeah. anything wrong with it. I think it would be a great job for me. Yeah. <laughs> I would yeah. travel around the country and uh, drive and, you know, um, you know it's a beautiful country. Uh, but, but at the same time, you know, you don't want to, um, you don't want to um, sort of put all your eggs in the basket where that may not be around for a while. Uh, but at the same time, there will be jobs related to, um, you know, the installation of AI, the maintenance, the um, um, maintenance and uh, installation of robotics, um, people programming it, people, you know, supporting it. So it seems to me that in the short run, there will be plenty of jobs. Uh, they won't be the same jobs as before, but there'll be plenty of jobs. Yes. At a later date, there may be um, less jobs. So, you know, an Uber driver today uh, can make money driving cars uh, but in future, if Uber becomes autonomous cars, then that same person can be an owner of an Uber car. Does, does yeah. that, yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, I, I think, um, 
yeah, it, it really is about, um, you know, just, I, th I think the axis that um, Dr. Lee talks about is, you know, the axis of, um, you know, sort of creativity um, on, on the sort of the, I think it was on the X axis and sort of compassion or empathy on the Y axis, you know? So, you know, if you, if you, and, and creativity strokes strategic thinking, uh, like were the, the two main things that kind of really stuck with me. So if you went like on the sort of bottom left sort of quadrant, you know, which was very low creativity, very low empathy. It was things like call center. It was, you know, drivers, those types of things, tellers, you know, which, which will kind of AI will, 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 will sort of re replace. Um, but then if you moved sort of in the, to the top right quadrant, you know, things like, um, you know, CEOs, they they spoke about, and I don't know if, if that's because the CEO is kind of signing off the budget for AI. Um, but it was things like um, also, also talking about, um, sort of teachers and, um, you know, people who, who look after like nurses and, uh, you know, coaches and, you know, people who look after elderly people. So it was really, um, yeah. And, and it was, it was quite, quite interesting how, um, and I, and I think in the show notes, we can kind of link to the Ted talk right. um, where he had some very interesting graphs about how sort of, um, you know, AI can be in the center and it's surrounded by humans um, right. or or humans can be all alone or they can be like a, on the left side AI and then on the right side humans for things right. like uh, scientists and, um, and, and also creatives like artists where you can right. kind of, you know, get, get a sense of what, um, what, the, what your audience wants you to produce and then you can produce it. So it was kind of how, it was kind of like a hybrid model. Um, but, but I think, um, yeah, I think much like, um, you know, where probably a hundred years ago where we were farming and we we're doing sort of manual labor, um, and then the sort of industrial revolution came about and now it's very much about service jobs. I, I'm, I'm quite optimistic to thinking that AI will actually give us more time to be more human. <laughs> so that, that's my sort of optimistic, uh, sort of interpretation. Yeah, and it's funny you say that because um, in this book that I'm actually um, reading, Ted Dintersmith is the name of the author, and um, he went around the, the United States talking in every state talking to teachers and some exceptional teachers, and one of the things that he found was that, um, you know, the paradigm has shifted in schools a little bit in the sense that there are ways that technology can teach the kids on a personal level so you know a person who is following a curriculum on um, uh, Khan Academy can go at their own pace and the teacher doesn't have to slow down for one kid in the in the yes. classroom however the best teachers uh, tend to be less uh, guru on the pulpit and more coaches or you know people yes. who are encouraging so um, it's very interesting that you mentioned that is that the kind of professions that will survive uh, the oncoming change is, you know, the more human characteristics. So um, mm. teachers as coaches rather than teachers as, you know, a person who knows everything and you have to go physically to that person in order to learn. Um, that's mm. less less uh, needed because the information now is available, like you say, you know, on YouTube, on online. We don't have to walk mm. the libraries anymore. 
Um, so as information becomes more available, the, 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 the qualities of humans that cannot be, you know, virtualized at this point, um, yes. will become more important. So compassion, yeah. yes, creativity. That's amazing. And, and I, th I think there's also sort of a Y axis here as well, because I think that there's also going to be sort of a, a sort of a physical world and a virtual world, you nice. know, and, and I think there will be, you know, you talk of virtual reality where, you know, you can go to, you know, you can put your sort of um, headset and earphones on and, and go courtside, you know, to right this minute to like an NBA game, you know, but, but it's a case of also the, the sort of authenticity of a physical sort of re, re sort of, um, connection with people. So um, I, I, I recently sort of um, have engaging with a company in, in Cape Town uh, called Africa Impact. And what they do is they, they organize volunteer trips to Africa. So you can select, you know, whether or not you want to um, sort, of, um, sort of save, you know, uh, the lions or rhinos or, you know, you want to teach mass in a school in rural Tanzania um, you know, and, and, and what was quite interesting was it was, it, it's kind of moving from, you know, we're moving from an information age into kind of an experience age right. where those kind of experiences will be kind of really uh, transformative and, and really is about connecting with someone who's completely, you know, on the other side of the planet, who's, you know, and it will actually teach you more than they will, than you think that you teaching them, you know, so so, and you pay a premium for that, you know, yes. so, so it's, it's quite, um, I, I think it's, it's going to, you know, be a very interesting world. Um, and, and I think, um, yeah, I, I, I just kind of use that example of, um, you know, and, and that is essentially travel with a kind of a social, like, uh, you know, social conscious. Yeah, exactly. Purpose. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. So, so how can we teach our kids to be prepared for something like that? <laughs> mm. You know, I, I think, um, like, just touching on the four C's, um, like, the first one was that, that was, was critical thinking. Right. So I think it's about, um, you know, constantly challenging them and, and getting them to, you know, um, yeah, solve a problem and, and, and actually and just kind of teaching them that there's no right or wrong answer. It's a case of, you know, having a perspective. Um, you know, the, the second thing is, is, is kind of, I think the, 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 the next two are very much around social softer skills. So it's around uh, obviously communication is key um, right. and, and, and collaborating with, 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 with people. Right. Um, and then, and then the last one is, um, you know, creativity. Um, and I, um, and, and that kind of can go sort of hand in hand with sort of strategic thinking as well. Right. Um, but, 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 but for me, those, those are the kind of the four, the four things that you can um, teach your kids. And, and, and I actually asked um, a bright, um, a bright professor who, who's um, in Stellenbosch here, who, who created this, um, this um, this this um, health it's called HealthQ, which was a business which um, you know looks uses computational biology to kind of predict sort of diseases and it's got wearables and it's an amazing business. But I but I asked him, I said to him, I said, listen, you know, with with and this was probably about two years ago. I said, 
um, you know, with, with, with the, the rates of where technology is going, like, like what, what are the things that, that you feel will stay the same? And, and he said, he said like about, he, he really agreed and said, listen, it's about creativity. You know, if you're going to um, listen to a piece of music that's, that's, that's been played by, you know, on a violin or a cello by, you know, someone who's, who's human and, and very sort of knowledgeable in that, it's going gonna, it's gonna, to, there's going to be that connection compared to if you listen to it on, on a radio or, or on a sort of iPod or, you know, or, or if an AI or, or a sort of machine was playing it. So, you know, right. I, think, I think that creativity can transcend many things, um, you know, from music, dance, you know, all the way to art and, and also, you know, in business and technology, the way that you, you know, write code is, is an art form as well. Right, right. Okay. So, I mean, how can we, how can we encourage this kind of thinking in, let's say, a school or something like that? Uh, one of the ideas that I've heard, and you tell me if this is something that's doable by schools and classrooms, is um, um, actually uh, creating maker labs. Yeah, uh, there's a whole maker movement out there, especially with 3D printing and uh, things yeah. like that. Um, and Adafruit is also a key product, which yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think um, yeah, I, I think it's a it's it's um, it's 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 this kind of collaboration. I think I think if you think of a modern teacher it's a case of taking the lesson plans from last year and then like you know applying them for the next year it's, it's um i think it's got to be also fun for the teachers i think uh, right. the sort of the the kind of um there's nothing better for everyone if you had like a, a class outing you know or you know you you had a project that that you could do so i think it was but, but again there's certain sort of like um requisites that you've got to sort of touch on so I, th I think you've <laughs> if there's a sort of an AI you could put over education to say listen our class needs to achieve this mark and um, you know but at the same time we want um, you know we only want to dedicate 20% of our time to achieving that mark whereas that 80% we could do like fun like experiments and projects and things you know, right. what do we need to do? So I think in this case, you, you, you kind of uh, maybe get build an AI or, or sort of something that can, that can do that. So, yeah. Uh, but again, it's, but, I, I but, guess it's, it's, it's gotta be, there is a certain restriction in, um, you know, in getting the, the, the marks, you know, and that's, that's the challenge. I think um, right. there's an, ex it's, it's very difficult to kind of, move move the titanic um when, when it's it's always been going on that that route yeah well i mean at some point this whole marks thing has to go away and also the year thing has to go away it, and this is yeah. a, you know pipe dream uh, but i think it has to be more on a you know you if you switch to a project-based education where kids participate collaborate create projects and then at yeah. the end of the project, because, you know, you can teach uh, mathematics by saying, you know, hey, this is how you add and this is how you do trigonometry and this is how geometry works. Or you can have them build a bridge and they, yeah. they learn about, you know, angles and trajectories and strength and yeah. you know, physics and materials. 
And then at the end of it, you can do an evaluation, you know, you can do some testing to figure out, you know, what are the mathematical concepts that we have learned, uh, what's yeah. missing, and we can do lesson plans for that, as opposed to saying, okay, well, you know, we're going to sit in a class for an hour, and we're going to memorize some formulas, we're going to do it by hand a hundred times, and this is how we yeah. Um, which, you know, there's not a retention of that kind of uh, information anyway. Um, yeah. So, so that's, the, that's the dream. That's the dream. Mm. And, you know, um, I'd love to snap my fingers and have all schools around the world be that way right away. Yes. And it's not going to happen. Uh, yeah. But for sure, what we could do is we could do uh, either after school programs or, you know, one period a, a week. Uh, that actually yeah. does focus on project. And the way you were saying, maybe not 80% project and 20% uh, learning, but the other way yes. definitely start. Uh, yes. In Silicon Valley and other places in technology, um, there are companies that allow uh, their employees uh, 10 to 20% uh, to work mm -hmm. on personal projects. And the idea is that yeah. uh, when you take that time away from the company, you're more creative, you're you're learning more and then you bring it back to the rest of the yeah. company. So you end up, you know, uh, I think there's several Google projects that started out as personal projects by developers inside Google and now they're, yeah. they're divisions. Um, yeah, so I've, 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 just, I've just come up with an idea which I think could, could work. It's a case of, I think, I think the biggest challenge that schools have is, is kind of fundraising, you know, and yes. if you think of, you know, and it's pretty much the same, I think, in American schools. I watched the documentary with Jamie Oliver where he went into American schools for sort of healthy sort of eating and, and the challenges that, you know, a lot of the schools rely on, like, the, the money they get from sort of McDonald's or Coke, you know, to make sure that their products are stocked in those schools. Right. Right. Yeah, and and I, think, I think the key thing is that, you know, if you use your sort of 20% um, time, where to say, listen, um, we're going to, um, the, the problem that we've got is that we need to, uh, and, and give sort of like financial problems or, you know, water saving problems or whatever it might be that a school might have, and then give it to the school to kind of uh, crowdsource, you know, or idea source um, for solutions, you know. So in, in effect, it, it will save or make the money, make money for the school. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you're teaching them sort of valuable sort of skills, um, you yeah. know, and, and, and theories, you know. So if, it, if it's kind of saving water, you can learn about, you know, um, precipitation and, and, you know, gravity and, you know, like, yeah. and, and volumes, you know, you know, re relating to a tank and, and, and you know, and, and solving sort of engineering problems about sort of you know like you know weight distribution and and yeah and and materials with regards you know you need a concrete base and how thick does the base have to be you know so yeah. it, it can kind of be yeah. quite sort of as a matter of fact there's a couple of programs out there and i've been uh toying with the idea of getting some um, um uh, an organization started um and maybe we can do this is, um, you know, so um, the, the food quality in a lot of schools suffers. Well, why is the, uh, the biology class not doing uh, growing classes? Why are we not? Yeah. It's really not that expensive to grow your own food, you know, fresh fruit. Yeah. Food. Um, so that's one. The second is, and this is a program I heard about, 
And basically what uh, this one teacher, and I forget the area, is doing is um, some of the high school te uh, kids, he's teaching them how to do basic HTML and websites and things like that. And then what they do is uh, they invite local businesses saying, hey, who needs a website? And are you willing to pay, say, $100 or whatever? For a child in a high school or a group of kids in high school, $100 is a lot of money for a small business. It's mm -hmm. really not that much. And, you know, yeah. we can actually put together. Um, so those are just two examples of small things you can do. But also, as you were saying, you know, um, uh, why not take it bigger scale? Those are just two examples, but this can be expanded in a, in a much bigger way where the teachers become more of a, uh, you know, um, mentor. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I, I think, I, th I think I love your, your point with regards to that, because the one thing that came to mind is it's a case of, you know, not feeling guilty about dropping your kids at school. It's a case of like, you know, having them almost like reversing that whole sort of industrial revolution sort of model where you can actually say that, you know, these, these, these guys are the future. So whatever challenges we have for our business, you know, let's first go to the school yeah. to see how they could solve it. Yeah. You know, so you, you've properly kind of, um, and there's, there's a lot of sort of, um, you, know, um, you know, collaboration. There's a stronger sense of community because um, you've got that uh, as your kind of secret source, you know. So yeah. I, I think that that would be brilliant because, in, a, in effect, you can, you can solve the fundraising element. Yes. You can, yeah. And, and I, find, I, I think the, the fr most frustrating thing that I have um, is, is um, the fact that there's just such brilliant businesses and people and, you know, within schools or in, in organizations. But, but there's, there's a friction um, with, with how they can interact. And I think if you can create a sort of frictionless environment um you know for that where there's a win-win for the teachers because they they are the sort of the heroes you know the schools because they are sort of enabling sort of a future-proofed education right. um, and for parents and kids because you are teaching them skills which will allow them to to be contributing citizens in the future yeah yeah i think that's amazing yeah so bring on the future <laughs> yeah exactly cool yeah all right well that was brilliant uh any closing closing t thoughts yeah i think um yeah it's uh I, I, from my side i think it's just embracing sort of technology but at the same time sort of balancing it with uh with non-technology and just kind of uh so that you can learn those softer skills you know right, in right. Sort of empathy and you know, being present and, uh, and yeah, just, just kind of slowing down, I think being more human, you know, as, as I mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's a great idea. And, uh, so would you be open to discussing further? Should we invite people, uh, teachers to send us, um, you know, uh, inquiries about what we can yeah. do to facilitate this? Yeah, I, I definitely. And I think, I think maybe sort of, um, also sort of, um, putting a framework together. I think, I think it's, it's a case of, um, you know, putting a suggested framework and seeing if this could be adopted. You know, I think, I think the key thing is, um, you know, putting a, a kind of a suggested framework so that it can possibly just be like one lesson plan and, and yes. maybe 
start from there where it's about, um, you know, but, but, but I, I think, I, I don't know, like this, this was kind of a very much sort of off the cuff way of, of thinking, but I, I really think if, if, you know, if you think about, you know, the, the, the schools around the world, you know, there, there's spaces becoming, you know, um, uh, sort of a premium, but, but there's every school in, in, in every community. And I think that it's a different way of looking at schools, you know, yes, I think, yes, yes well, I think so. I, I really think so. So, cool. um, awesome. well, I'm going to do some research on my end and you do the same and we will meet again in about a week. Awesome. Cool. Thanks. Barker. <laughs> All right. Enjoy your day. <laughs> you too. Okay. Cheers. Barker. All right. Bye.